Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Good to be here with you on this Monday on Fantasy Sports Today as we've got everything covered for you. We've got the Major League Baseball postseason NLDS, ALDS starting this week, American League starting very shortly, as a matter of fact. Of course, we got two Monday night football games tonight. The NBA Finals is rolling on thanks to a great performance by Jimmy Butler. And certainly the NFL is uh, going through a lot of COVID issues today, too, which we'll try to get through, recap, move forward. That's what we do here on this Monday on Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia for the next two hours here on the show. We'll recap all the games in terms of fantasy, reality, wagering as well, and also give you a little of a preview of what could be coming here for tonight in the NFL. Joe, good afternoon. How was your weekend? It was good, Craig. It was certainly eventful. A lot happening in the world of NFL. Sunday was like a blitz in and of itself trying to keep up with all of the news and things that were breaking over Saturday night, obviously with the Cam Newton news and everything going on with the Patriots. So it was a very busy Sunday, but a fun Sunday of football where, as we talked about last week, a lot of things that looked kind of really too easy on paper that is always a giant red flag that you know it's going to be a wacky, wild weekend, and it certainly was in Dallas. It certainly was in San Francisco and a couple other places where the clear favorites didn't exactly come out with a W. Yeah, like that every week in the NFL, and uh, this week no different, and we'll get into all of it as well. Let's start off with our headlines here on the show. On this Monday, October the 5th, 2020, here on FST, the Titans, good news for them. No new positive tests today. If there are no new positive tests for COVID-19, they got a shot to play on Sunday. That's the most that you could possibly ask for. Of course, they'll play undermanned, but they will have to face the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. They are definitely up against it. Speaking of up against it, no Bam Adebayo, no Goran Dragic, and it didn't matter. Jimmy Butler put up one of the best performances we've seen in an NBA Finals. Triple-double, 40 points. The Heat somehow ends up beating the Lakers in Game 3, so they'll move to Game 4 tomorrow. The NFL breaking total points record in 2020, every single one of these games going over the total early. Games slow down a little bit in the later games, but certainly we're seeing a phenomenal amount of points in 2020, no doubt about that. Tom Brady turned back the clock yesterday. They went down big. They came back big, and Brady threw for five touchdowns in the win. In a loss, Dak Prescott throws for 500-plus yards. 500 was 400. Maybe 600 will be the new 500 pretty soon. They defeat the, uh, end up losing to the Browns, and their defense just uh, week after week looks terrible, but that's good news certainly for teams that are playing against them. Uh, two Monday night football games tonight due to COVID-19. 
We, of course, knew that Green Bay would be taking on Atlanta. They'll do so without Devontae Adams. What we didn't know is that the New England Patriots are going to take on the Kansas City Chiefs, and boy, are they up against it tonight, uh, having to start Hoyer uh, playing in Kansas City. And then, of course, the baseball postseason continues today with the American League, and then tomorrow we'll have the AL and the NL. And so certainly we have a lot to choose from over the next few days, and the Miami Heat just keeps this NBA Finals going. It looked like they could potentially get swept. But they came up very big in the biggest moment, certainly LeBron James giving a lot of credit to Jimmy for last night's game. And so they'll play tomorrow as well, Joe. Yeah, LeBron James taking a lot of heat right now for leaving the court at the end of the game. And uh, look, you know, sometimes you just don't like to watch what's going on. But uh, I don't remember Michael Jordan ever leaving the court. I think that's more of a modern day thing. And, uh, you know, we've seen that and kind of go back and forth. We even saw sometimes where Isaiah Thomas did that back in the day, too. And uh, some people did not take too kindly to that, as we learned in the Bulls documentary series. But I will say this. I mean, my big takeaway from this weekend is that Cowboys game that Dak Prescott can throw for 500 yards and lose a football game. And Dak Prescott still has to get paid. And I don't know how they're going to figure this out because I don't know if there's enough money left in all the state of Texas to get enough players to play defense for the Dallas Cowboys. Cause the ones they got right now are not playing defense. We want to make fun and mock the Falcons every week, but you know what? Dallas might've set the bar even higher. Maybe just maybe Dallas is even the worst defense <laughs> worse. Maybe than the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know how this works. I don't know how this happens. I don't know how they fix it. Mike McCarthy said today, uh, you know, after four games is a trend. Really, Mike? Maybe after two games is a trend. Maybe that's the trend and we need to start addressing it. But I don't understand, Greg, how can we get to this point right now into the season and this defense is completely just getting obliterated on a weekly basis and it doesn't seem like any adjustments are getting made whatsoever. And maybe it's a personnel issue, but geez, Craig, it seems like a preparation and an effort issue too. It's, it's just remarkable how overrated Dallas can be every year going into the season. Mm-hmm. You feel like they're a Super Bowl contender on paper, and then it just, just never turns out to be the case. And and the Eagles, with their win last night, are in first place at 1-2-1. One, and one. I didn't think that there was any chance of that division being a sub-500 division winner. It's usually an anomaly in the NFL where you have one year the teams are terrible, next year the teams are great, and it looks like we're right back here again with that NFC East for sure. But look, as bad as Dallas was and their defense has been bad – Because they're the most popular team, arguably, in the NFL, they're going to have the light shined on them the most. But what happened to the Chargers, D? What happened to the Bucks, D? I mean, every defense in the NFL is just getting shredded on a a daily basis, on a nightly basis. Again, you play seven or eight games in the early games, and every single one of those games goes over. They're not calling holding on the offensive line almost at all anymore. They're not calling defensive backs for any penalties. And uh, look, whatever the message the commissioner sent at the beginning of the season, it was definitely heard. My guess it was get these guys in and out of the games as fast as you can. Unfortunately, the other messages haven't been heard by the NFL teams because it has been uh, a disaster thus far. Uh, Very similar to what happened in uh, Major League Baseball, if not worse. No lessons learned. And here we are with one team going to be playing undermanned with about 10, 15 players potentially not being able to play on Sunday. So That's the unfortunate part. The fortunate part is that we'll definitely have some form of teams playing every week in the NFL. Just going to have to wait until Sunday to figure that out. There's no doubt we know who performed yesterday in fantasy. We'll go through it for you. Our fantasy standouts are next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Head over to our website, sportsgrid.com, for the latest on what's going on with us 24-7, broadcasting, fantasy, wagering, helping you make the best decisions that you can make every single week in fantasy, for better or for worse. We got you here until 2 o'clock Eastern every day of the week. Craig Miss Joe Pizapia, as we take a look at our fantasy standouts from Fantasy Football Week 4. And Joe, let's dive right into the quarterbacks. And uh, again, a little bit of a different week for fantasy for quarterbacks. We had a couple of good performances, but again, the 250-yard, two-touchdown performance in fantasy is no longer something that is a great standout in the fantasy world anymore. It's just changed significantly. So Brady and Prescott lead us off. Brady, 30 for 46, 369 yards, five touchdowns, one interception, 30 fantasy points. That is an elite performance on a Sunday. Uh, 20 is no mm-hmm. longer. Dak Prescott, 41 for 58, 502 <laughs> yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. Lamar Jackson, because of his rushing yards, certainly gets his name into the lights because he didn't throw for many yards but did throw for two touchdowns but then had a nice, long rushing touchdown. Seven rushes, 53 yards, and a score there. They really didn't even need him in the fourth. They brought in Griffin. Deshaun Watson, 20 for 33, 300 yards, two touchdowns, and he almost had a third. Mm -hmm. It was very close, but unfortunately, Will Fuller caught the ball and it hit the ground, and that uh, ended the game and really ended the season, I think, for the Texans as well. And, you know, certainly they're going to have to make some decisions because Deshaun Watson certainly is going to want to play for a winner, and they're not, and it wouldn't surprise me to see some dissension going on there but joe that's uh that's the story with the quarterbacks from the weekend and again you know there were some other good performances but these were mm-hmm. the elite i think on Sunday. oh absolutely i mean just it's just staggering to me to see that the attempts number there for dak prescott i mean it's just off the charts and and look a great job by him spreading the ball around too cd lamb looks like a star in the nfl and we're not even barely a third of the way through the season right now. And uh, Tom Brady's been very good. Now, you'd like to get rid of some of the pick sixes, obviously. So far, that's not something I think Tom Brady's very happy with. That can be a game breaker and a game changer. But overall, I think Brady's getting better and better. He's making the use out of the weapons. He did not have Godwin. 
Uh, OJ Howard left this game, and he was still able to get that W, still able to get those numbers where they need to be. Him and Mike Evans seem to have a really good rapport. We kind of talked about last week. I know it's been up and down where he's had big game, small game, big game. But that's been Mike Evans always, so he can't worry too much about that. But uh, Lamar is going to always be Lamar. Dak Prescott's been fantastic, and I can't even imagine, you know, when the season's over, Craig, (laughs) right now Dak Prescott's on pace for over 6,000 yards passing. Let that sink in for a moment. Yeah. Yeah, Dallas has really put themselves in bad spots, but for fantasy, we love it, and and certainly Prescott has been the top guy, no doubt, this year. All Mm -hmm. right, let's take a look at running backs, and uh, Joe Mixon led the way, and I think that this was a welcome sign for fantasy owners. People were waiting for one great game from him, and he finally did it. 25 carries, 151 rushing yards against the Jaguars, two touchdowns on the ground, six receptions, 30 yards through the air and a touchdown there. He was the number one guy of the day on the ground for sure. Dalvin Cook of Minnesota just ate up the Houston rush defense, 27 carries, 130 rushing yards, two touchdowns, two receptions for 16 yards. Cook has been as advertised this year. He's been great. Uh, Chris Carson also had two touchdowns, 16 carries, 80 yards, left the game, looked like a serious injury, but then came right back in and ran some more. So if healthy, he's actually delivering better on what he did last year based on his ADP, which is wild. But there he is, 16 for 80 and two touchdowns there. And then for Washington, if they could only get some offense going, uh, Gibson has really gotten better as the weeks have gone Mm -hmm. on. 13 carries, 46 yards, a touchdown. Did a lot of his damage in the air, four receptions for 82 yards, and certainly he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Why Washington was not doing that the first couple weeks, I'm not really clear. But perhaps moving forward, Gibson becomes uh, a viable option because, again, Uh, Washington is going to be playing from behind in a lot of games and the injuries will just continue to pile up around the league. Yeah, and actually back-to-back weeks here on the program. And if you miss, you can always go back and watch On Demand, but we always do a trade target list. And week three, Antonio Gibson was on that. And last week, Joe Mixon was on it. And uh, if you made those trades in the last couple of weeks, able to pull that off, boy, it was a really good Sunday for you. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter and stuff complaining in Facebook pages that they sat Joe Mixon, which I don't understand. Why are you ever sitting your first round pick? That's just dumb. I don't care if they're performing, not performing. They stay in unless they are hurt. This is so idiotic where people overreact. Joe Mixon, if you've been watching the games, look, he hasn't gotten the touchdowns. He got pilfered the other week uh, by Giovanni Bernard and a couple other moments that didn't go his way. But Mixon generally was playing okay. He just hadn't had that big game yet. Well, guess what? He had it. And speaking of big games, doesn't get much bigger than Dalvin Cooks, that's for sure. Dalvin Cook looks like he's all world. The man got paid and looks like it was a good move there by the Vikings to do so. They finally got the W, which was huge for them. Chris Carson's got to be the biggest surprise in this list, though, because going into this week, no Nobody thought he was going to play. And then ironically, Carlos Hyde was the guy who was out for this game. So who saw that coming as we were preparing and preparing for the week? But it turns out that Carson was the guy to get in there and uh, look, another good game for him. Two more scores from Chris Carson, who's been outstanding in that department. No doubt about that. And you're absolutely right. Antonio Gibson, get this guy the football in the air. He's a converted wide receiver anyway. He's got good hands. So start to utilize him more in some different ways. And Washington might have a shot at this division. If Chase Young gets healthy, who knows what could happen? That's how bad the East is. Yeah, Washington is is just awful. Uh, Dallas is awful. The Giants are beyond awful. So maybe Philadelphia, just with that one last win last night, definitely put themselves in play. And in terms of Seattle, too, it's interesting. I think Hyde is finished. Uh, DJ Dallas looked great. Travis Homer looked good. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason. 
I don't see any reason why uh, why Hyde would even get a shot. Those two young guys look fantastic. I think that mm-hmm. one of those two guys is going to be starting for Seattle next year. Um, I Dallas think you're right. And you know what? You made a great little comment there, too. People in dynasty leagues right now, if you're out of it, you're having a bad season, all of a sudden you start looking ahead maybe in the next couple of weeks. Those are some names, Homer, DJ Dallas, to start seeing if you can acquire in those leagues because they might be available. Yeah. Okay, at wide receiver, a lot of Dallas, a lot of Cleveland. That shouldn't be a surprise. Amari Cooper, 12 receptions, 135 yards, and a touchdown. Mike Evans was in and out of the game and still put up good numbers. Seven receptions, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Finally, Odell Beckham had his big game. Two carries, 73 rush yards, five receptions, 81 receiving yards, three touchdowns on the day. Wow, what a day for him. Uh, C.D. Lamb, as you mentioned, looks like the top uh, rookie wide receiver at this point in fantasy, in reality, everywhere. Five receptions, 79 yards, two touchdowns. Not really sure if he's great or not. He was great in college. It doesn't matter right now because they're just down so much. They have to keep throwing to whoever's open, and he's been open. Adam Thielen of Minnesota is uh, is a little bit up and down a little bit, but overall he's going to grade out as a wide receiver one at this pace. Eight receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown, and Poor Terry McLaurin just playing on a bad team, just keeps putting up numbers. <laughs> Ten receptions, 118 yards. He looked really good as well. And then one name to mention, we're not going to do tight ends here, but there's no doubt that George Kittle put up maybe the best Ooh. tight end fantasy performance we've seen in a decade with 15 catches, 183 yards. Uh, I mean, Kittle is uh, – I mean, he's been hurt, but he looks like at this stage, looks like the number one tight end in fantasy. Oh, yeah. Healthy George Kittle was absolutely on fire last night. And uh, Mullins was looking for him time and time again and found him every single time. But the Cowboys, man, those dudes just keep racking up the fantasy points. They're so consistent. It was only a matter of time before Amari Cooper started catching touchdowns, too. That was the big hang up right there on him. But obviously, that wasn't going to last. And the CeeDee Lamb thing, I think I find kind of amusing because I have a ton of shares in season long of CeeDee Lamb, who was theoretically one or one a with Jerry Judy in terms of talent evaluation of wide receiver going into this year's draft. Now he wasn't taken first or second. And some of the other guys, they started to make some, some noise about Rhaegar and and some noise about uh, rugs and some other guys like that. But so far, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't want CD lamb and, and it might've be coming and his development might be coming at the expense of your Michael Gallup shares. And I think that's okay. Uh, we talked last week on the show on Friday, actually, about some sneaky stacks and one of them being Minnesota Well, you look up and we talked about going back to Adam Thielen and going away from Justin Jefferson who had the big game last week so here you go Adam Thielen Dalvin Cook you had two of those guys in a Vandal lineup you did okay I'm sure and uh then Odell Beckham what more could be said right another guy we talked about to trade away after what the Dallas game he had the game right so here's the question Craig are you trading him away off of this, or are you sitting on him and hoping that this is the future? Because I think that's kind of fool's gold. I don't think the value is ever going to get higher for ODB than it is right now. Yeah, I'd also I'd like to get more data and information on who's out with COVID before I'm trading anybody or doing anything going into <laughs> that is fair, which friend. teams are playing and who aren't. I'm I'm not just you know, in a vacuum trading anyone if I have a healthy player playing on Sunday. Uh, we'll be back. We got more fantasy to discuss, Bucks and uh, and certainly the Chargers. What a great game it was yesterday. We'll hit on it next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. It's time to take a look at, well, the weekend that was in the NFL. We're going to break them all down here, go through game by game. And let us start with Tampa Bay. So, Craig, why don't you take things here and start with those Tampa Bay Bucks, who got a very important win here against the Chargers. But in this effort, Herbert yet again looked pretty good. Yeah, and, and in terms of Tampa Bay being down 17 points, being able to come back like they did was vintage Tom Brady and, and certainly maybe vintage is current based on his numbers yesterday. <laughs> Brady threw for 369 yards, five touchdowns, one interception, and certainly just lit up the Chargers. I thought the Chargers had a good defense. I guess not. Ronald Jones, 20 carries, 111 yards, made the most of his sole opportunity he got yesterday. Not much for McCoy. Of course, Fournette uh, is not playing right now. Mike Evans, seven receptions, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Scotty Miller, five receptions, 83 yards, and a touchdown for him as well. He was questionable going into the game. And then O.J. Howard, who got hurt in this one and probably won't be around for a while, had three receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. And so the Bucks will have to decide whether or not uh, to go to Cameron Brait more often, or maybe Rob Gronkowski gets more opportunities. We'll have to see there. In terms of the Chargers, let's go through what they did against a very porous Tampa Bay defense, especially early on. Herbert threw for 290 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. But, of course, the big story in fantasy was Austin Eckler, who got hurt in the first quarter, did not return to the game, and all likelihood won't be seeing him for a while either. Uh, Kelly came in, didn't fare well against Tampa Bay, so we'll have to see what they decide to do going forward. They used Jackson quite a bit as well. Keenan Allen, eight receptions, 72 yards there. Jalen Guyton had never heard of until I saw him get a 72-yard touchdown yesterday. Hunter Henry, two receptions for 29 yards. But not much defense in this game either, Joe, and everyone was able to really take advantage. Basically, anyone you started that didn't get hurt ended up putting up some pretty good fantasy points. Yeah, and as good as the Chargers defense played in the first two weeks of the season, that's how bad they've been in the last two. There's no doubt about that. This Austin Eckler injury is huge. Uh, it looks like actually a hamstring injury, too. We have a little bit more clarity on that. Apparently, it's going to be a, quote, serious hamstring injury. That's the buzz coming out of the camp right now uh, from that side of things over on the Chargers, and that could mean uh, a fair amount of time, which means Josh Kelly all of a sudden becomes the focal back uh, of this team, and Kelly's got to protect the football better. Another fumble for him. Not a good sign. And I understand the Tampa 
defense is very good against the run. We all know that. They're very physical up front. That's why he was one of our sits this week going into the week because we didn't want to put him out there, worried about the fumble issues, and wouldn't you know it, there it was. It happened. But this one's about Tom Brady and Mike Evans. And, look, there was a moment in this game, too, where Mike Evans kind of came off the field and we were all kind of going, oh, no, where are we going to go now? We're losing Evans. We're losing Godwin. We're losing O.J. Howard. The sky is falling. But Evans makes it back on the field, which was huge. We'll see if Cameron Bray can kind of carve out a role going forward. But, hey, if you are desperate for tight end, I think there's worse guys out there than Cameron Bray. He showed you in the past he can be a good red zone target. He, he had a touchdown yesterday, too. So, hey, all said and done, Tom Brady looked very good. The Bucks starting to feel themselves a little bit, which is positive. And Ronald Jones had a good day, and I think that's building that resume. That was another guy on our trade four list this past week who had a very good game there, 20 for over 100 yards. All right, let's move over to the Baltimore Ravens and Washington football team and a game that really, in terms of the spread, was really interesting. Opened up at 13, landed right on 14. So a push for a lot of people. Uh, certainly also the previous game we just discussed was a push too. It didn't look like the Bucks had any shot of winning and covering. And in the end, a couple of uh, pushes for some and betting early on in the week actually uh, worked out in a couple different situations this week. We'll go through those as well. Uh, Ravens, Lamar Jackson, 14 for 21, 193 yards. Also rushed for 53 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Mark Ingram was bailed out with a touchdown, but again, didn't really factor much into this game. Eight carries, 34 yards, one reception for three mm -hmm. yards there. Mark Andrews, a really uh, good game, good bounce back for him. Three receptions, 57 yards. And Marquise Brown, four receptions, 86 yards. Uh, now, very quickly, let's go over to Washington, and we don't have a big a big list of players here because certainly they didn't look great again. Uh, Haskins, they basically asked to play very conservative in this game. I watched a lot of it, and there just wasn't a lot of attacking. Uh, and you could see by the numbers, especially with McLaurin, uh, 10 receptions for 118 yards. Got to have a better uh, yard per average there. Great for fantasy, not for reality. Uh, Haskins also rushed for a touchdown, didn't throw any. Gibson, 13 carries, who we just discussed a few minutes ago, 46 yards, and then had the receptions there. So not much to say in terms of Washington. They basically have two starters, Joe. It's Gibson and McLaurin. That's it. In terms of, of the Ravens at this point, it, it's crazy to think that outside of Andrews, I mean, I, suppo I suppose mm. Marquise Brown's going to have to start for a lot of people because of all the injuries and everything that's happening in the NFL. And, of course, you start Jackson every week. But beyond mm. that, the Ravens are just go either they're getting blown out or they're going up very big on teams and just running the ball the rest of the way. So from a fantasy perspective, not a lot to like, unfortunately, with the Ravens <laughs> this year. No, there isn't. Uh, what you like is the same thing you really liked last year when you came away from it, which was Lamar Jackson and uh, the tight end, Mark Andrews. And that's what you're looking for. And we talked about this at length, even though it was a disaster last Monday night for both of those guys. We knew they would bounce back. And sure enough, they did. Two touchdowns for Mark Andrews. That is not surprising whatsoever. And Lamar Jackson just, you know, it, it's crazy to see how fast he is in the open field. He's just making guys miss. It's just silly when that guy gets going, running downhill. He's just impossible to guard. And I think the problem with the Baltimore Ravens is not when they beat teams like the Washington football team. You know, the problem with the Ravens is they can beat pretty much everybody else, but can you beat Mahomes? Can you beat those elite teams in the AFC when push comes to shove? And that is going to be fascinating. I can't wait to see when they play the Steelers this year because I think that is going to be a good measuring stick of this team, a far better one. And you're absolutely right. I think there's a little bit of, I don't want to say panic, but certainly concern here as we're, Four weeks into the season, we're a month into the season. You look up at what Mark Ingram is doing or not doing at this point. Yes, he did have the touchdown. That's great. But it might be time to start buying some low-key shares of J.K. Dobbins in season-long leagues just because. Because you can right now. Because they're probably cheap. 
And let's see if as the season goes on, maybe Dobbins gives them a little bit of life. Maybe he does show up a little bit in this offense and contributes more because Ingram is starting to look like maybe he's starting to slow down. And on the other side of this coin, looking at the Washington football team, how great is Terry McLaurin for your fantasy team? I mean, really talk about low key underrated success stories where last year, you know, I know he got off to a, a good start and I was kind of looking at myself saying, hey, how long can this last Washington's quarterback play is not very good. Terry McLaurin continues to produce week in, week out. It's stunning that this guy can be so consistent on a team that is so inconsistent at times. And I think the uh, it's very encouraging to see Antonio Gibson start to put up some fantasy stats as well. Garbage time or not, I really don't care. I just want to see that guy start to develop a little bit more confidence at the position. So some small takeaways from this game, but overall... You know, this is a, a W that the Ravens should have had, uh, a W where the Ravens defense got back on track. But, Craig, when all said and done, these aren't the kind of wins that matter or not to the Baltimore Ravens. It's whether or not they can beat those elite teams in the AFC because so far in the last two years, they've proven that that's where they struggle the most. Yeah, it's a really it's a, based on everything that happened over the weekend and it's you know sort of bleeding into this week. It's, it's a different kind of year to to, I, I think, just analyze things overall and. And it's like uh, right now at this stage, and I have Ingram in a league, and I'm very sour and, and think that I, I don't know if the end is coming, but you just can't be happy with the production. But then on the flip side, you look at it, and with all the postponements and players testing positive, it's just very easy to look at a player and say he's not doing well. And then all of a sudden you remember, well, I mean, the guy is healthy, and the guy is <laughs> right. playing, and he's getting eight points. He's not good. But what is my alternative, a guy on the COVID list or a guy on a buy or a guy who is hurt? And that's where the game has changed significantly this year, where the players that you may not normally play or even consider playing, you almost have to because of just the nature of what mm -hmm. the season has become. And uh, the uncertainty of so many things that is happening, it's almost like the known. It used to be the unknown is a great lottery ticket. You take a shot on a player or you, or you handcuff a player in fantasy and then you, you wait for the guy to get hurt. Like Madison is a great example of that in Minnesota. But in this kind of season, it, it's almost like instead of having Madison, you'd rather have a guy that's playing or you know that's healthy because right. you may have to play that guy eventually. And what can you do with Madison right now? Almost nothing and except for wait to get hurt. So a uh, different year for me with that. And and normally in this year, I would be looking at Ingram and saying, he's girly, you know, he's done. I can't play him. And I understand at the end of the year, Ingram's probably going to grade out as a flex or maybe even a running back too. But we all know that's not who he is. It's just because mm -hmm. guys are getting hurt. There's no one else to play. And we already have now, if uh, there was a report that Nick Chubb is, is headed to IR and going to be out mm -hmm. for a period of time at the very least, you're talking about three of the top five running backs Maybe maybe the top three running backs or top four being out. So really, what are the alternatives at this point? You have none. Well, well, if you're going to be real hyper-specific right now, last year's rushing leader is out right now because of what's going on with the Titans and the COVID situation. You have, obviously, another injury to Nick Chubb, right, who was second in rushing last year. Then CMC and Saquon Barkley, the number one and number two overall pick. So running back has been very difficult. And then we've gotten guys that have popped on the waiver wire for a short period of time. Like, for instance, when we get to the Rams game later, you had Malcolm Brown show up in game one. Everyone, okay, maybe this is a guy. And then all of a sudden it shifted to Daryl Henderson for two weeks. And we thought, okay, this is the guy. And then last <laughs> yesterday, all of a sudden, maybe not. Now we have to put pause on that as he actually had more carries than Daryl Henderson. So it is a very strange uh, landscape for running back at that position 
just specifically speaking. And I think that yeah. it would be wise to continue to grow depth there. Maybe it is a Gus Edwards. Maybe it is a J.K. Dobbins, too, because although everything you're saying is correct, I think teams like the Ravens, who have a little bit more urgency than some others, are not going to sit on their hands idly by and just kind of get by with some of the play that's going on there. And I think as the season drags on, older players like Mark Ingram, like Adrian Peterson, you saw DeAndre Swift actually catch a touchdown yesterday, right? And all of a sudden, he's starting to play a little bit better and uptick a little bit. So I think just like last year, as the season goes on, some of these younger running backs are going to start to get more opportunity. And I think now is the time to be aggressive on them if you can. All right, we're going to take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports today. When we come back, we'll dive into the Browns' big win over the Dallas Cowboys and go through some potential uh, players moving forward and also Saints and Lions. So don't go away. More Fantasy Sports today is next. So stay on the grid. We're back in just two minutes. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today as Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia, back with you here on the show. Antoine Staley, who joins us and covers the Carolina Panthers each and every week, is going to break down their big win over the Arizona Cardinals. Looks like Carolina may be a player mm. in both fantasy and reality this year. They look fantastic against Arizona. Uh, let's uh, let's dive in. This may take a while, Joe, so let's, let's do it here. The Browns <laughs> and Cowboys, certainly 100 points scored in this game or close to it, and uh, a lot to take in here. So let's start off with <laughs> Baker Mayfield, who went 19 for 30, 165 yards and two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt, Joe's best friend, another big game, 11 carries, 71 yards, and two touchdowns. But don't look now. I knew this kid at South Florida. I am shocked he looked as good as he did. But going to have to circle this name, folks, because number one waiver wire pickup this week is this. The Ernest Johnson, 13 carries, 95 yards. He looked fantastic, but he I don't remember him being a star at South Florida. I remember him being pretty good, but not like this. So we'll see. Jarvis Landry, 37-yard touchdown pass, five receptions, 48 yards. Odell Beckham Jr. had the big game of two carries, 73 rush yards, five receptions, 81 receiving yards, and three touchdowns. They were very creative with the play calling was Cleveland. And then Austin Hooper finally had a decent game, five receptions, 34 yards, and a touchdown there. We'll see if Hooper can keep it going, but he has been probably uh, with health, by the way, the, the tight end bust of the year thus far. It's, it's mm-hmm. going to have to be that way. Uh, Cowboys, let's move on to them. Prescott, 500 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Zeke Elliott just has a 15-point, 20-point game every week, 12 carries, 54 yards, eight receptions, 71 yards for him. Pollard uh, uh, stole a touchdown from him during the game. Uh, Amari Cooper, 12 receptions, 134. CD Lamb, five receptions, 79 yards for him. And then Dalton Schultz is basically uh, Blake Jarwin, but better, right? Four receptions, 72 mm-hmm. yards, touchdown for him as well. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I, I don't know that Jarwin gets another opportunity, honestly. I think Schultz has looked no. good enough to probably keep this job. So, um, all right. So uh, very clearly with the news that we got here that the ESPN reported that Nick Chubb is going to be out and he was placed on the injured list. Rather than going back, I think it's time to move forward. I don't think there's any question, Joe, that with the amount of times the Browns are attempting to run the football, mm-hmm. and we know that that's going to be the case moving forward, 
Uh, honestly, I watch a lot of college football. I know who Dernis Johnson is. He is from South Florida. He grew up in Immokalee, which is where Fred Taylor is from, and a lot of the other uh, players that have come through there and went to the University of Miami. He was not recruited by a lot of big schools, but he had a really good final year at South Florida, which got him at least to the point where he's getting an opportunity here with Cleveland. There's no question he's going to be the number one waiver wire pickup this week with Chubb being out. I just I can't sit here and say that I know he's going to be a star, but I can tell you that watching him yesterday, I don't know that it matters. The Browns just run the ball, and they run the mm-hmm. ball well. Their offensive line is playing well. So as we dive into the waiver wire Tuesday and Wednesday, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that he's the top guy. He is, but at the same time, you have to understand, too, if, if Chubb's injury is going to be a few weeks and it's a finite timetable that eventually fades into the background. So it's more of a Band-Aid or a potential flex play. It's not somebody you are just unloading the tank for for the rest of the season that you know that's going to be the guy. But you're right. There isn't a volume here, at least in that finite uh, timetable in order to get some fantasy points for people. So Johnson did look good in that game. Kareem Hunt clearly looked good in that game as well. And this was exactly the the thing that we were preparing for in the offseason, right? How many running backs could you draft in the fifth round that were going to have the opportunity potentially to be a first-round running back? Not many. Kareem Hunt was one of them, depending on if Nick Chubb had an injury. Well, we are in the worst-case scenario where Nick Chubb has an injury, and we're already here in week five. So we'll see how and when Nick Chubb comes back from this injury. However, Kareem Hunt certainly now gets to the forefront. And I want to give credit to the Browns play calling too and Stefanski. This was a great game plan. They really exposed what was a bad defense to begin with, with all the gadget plays and the fun things, the Landry touchdown, the, uh, the end arounds, getting Odell Beckham, some rushing and uh, attempts. It was just crazy, but it was a really good game plan. It was well executed. And I think the funniest part about it is that Baker Mayfield for all of these points, right? Scored in this game. He had under 170 yards passing in this game. That is kind of a staggering thing to think about. You could see that much of scoring going on, and the quarterback doesn't even break 200. So that was kind of a staggering thing to me. And to me, this is how the Browns are going to win football games. Run the ball, run the ball, be creative, use the athletes you have because you have some fantastic ones. And on the flip side of this game, I mean, we already talked a lot about Dak. I don't know what most of there say, but uh, Blake Jarwin is going to be gone this year with the Cowboys. This was his last year of that contract. And I would be shocked if they brought him back. Maybe they resign him just for depth. But I'll tell you what, Dalton Schultz has shown you enough so far. He is getting you touchdown upside every week. He's giving him some receptions and target upside too. So for me, Schultz was that guy you could have had for free uh, after week one. After week two, you could have had him for five, six bucks. Now, forget it. If he's still on the waiver wire, I mean, it's going to cost you double digits to get him, but I doubt he's still out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to disagree. I, I think that you got to unload on Dernis Johnson. Um, there is a fine Because you're time. worried about Chubb? Oh, I mean, he's definitely out for three or four weeks, right? I mean, that's a guarantee. Well, MCLs are typically in that three But he's four on IR. Time. It has to be a certain amount of time, right? Right. Right. For him to come back. Right. The question is, can he come back healthy from it? But typically, if this was an ACL thing, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But because it's right. the MCL. But, but, but if, if, if Trump is guaranteed to be out for three weeks and I'm guaranteed to have a guy that's getting 15 carries or in this offense, uh, I mean, with bye weeks. It's not a bad point. It's not. Here's a fun question. Next week, do you feel better about starting uh, Johnson? Or who um, <laughs> we were just talking about on the Baltimore, Mark Ingram. I may, I may go with Johnson. I may, I, I may I go with Mike too. I, 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 I don't, I don't think, I don't think that you're ever going to get to a point moving forward in the season where you're going to see a better player on the waiver wire than this player moving forward. Maybe not. I don't think so. Maybe I, I don't see how. 
I mean, he's a starting running back in the NFL. 13 carries, the guy didn't even start. He didn't even play in the first quarter. And and I, look, I, I he was not a star in college. So I can't simply say that this is going to be the case moving forward. But if you if you have a free agent acquisition budget, we're in week five. The season is over in eight weeks. And if you and if you had that tact going in two weeks ago with Christian McCaffrey and you didn't pick up Davis, it was a huge mistake. This guy's a star. Mike Davis is great. And and, yeah, and he's winning leagues, winning leagues for you. So, so so like if Chubb was not on IR, it would be a different conversation. But uh, look, we the know only who difference between him and Mike Davis is that Mike Davis is getting the CMC workload. And and look, and maybe he will continue to get this kind of workload. Maybe maybe it will be a split like we've seen with Chubb and Hunt. It's possible. It's difficult to gauge because it was against Dallas. That's the only caveat I'll throw in there. I don't disagree with you at all. I can definitely see being aggressive on him, emptying the tank. That's my only concern is what what did I see? Did I just see how bad Dallas was or what the usage is going to be going forward? And that is a real question to ask yourself. Yeah, I, I don't know what the performance would be, but he got more carries than Hunt and played less in the game. So mm-hmm. I, I think that you're right back to where you were with Chubb and Hunt. And I can't say that Duranus Johnson is Chubb by any means. Look, Chubb played at yeah. Georgia, and he was a star. <laughs> but I know for sure I got three weeks in the middle of the fantasy season to start a guy and grab a guy off the wire. There's bye weeks this week. We got COVID issues every other week. For me, this is and, and he may be a complete bust. But for me, this is the week. This is this is I would take the shot on on this guy. And look, and if you're wrong. Who's going to pop up in two, three weeks from now? I don't know. Maybe well, look, somebody if you're else. One in th- I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I'll I'll kind of take this to that next plateau here. If you are one in three, I think you unload and you take the shot. If you're 0 oh and 4, you definitely unload and take the shot. Look, yeah, your season's on the break anyway. What's the difference? You might as well unload the tank and see if you can get a couple good weeks and get back into things and then worry about, you know, week 8, 9, and 10, if you can get that far and get back to 500. So, yeah, depending on your record, I definitely think that's uh, something worth considering there too, being yeah. more and, and aggressive. I don't know, as Cleveland, Cleveland may be off this week for all I know. I honestly didn't even look at that, but, um, but look, I will the volume. Look it's a running team at this point. It looks like a running team. All right, let's dive into the saints. Saints were down 14, nothing came back strong and won. drew Brees, 19 of 25, 246, two touchdowns, one pick. Alvin Kamara had a touchdown also 83 on the ground, three receptions, 36 yards. Latavius Murray had a nice game, 14 carries, 64 yards, two touchdowns for him. Traquan Smith as well had a nice bust-out game, four receptions, 54 yards, two touchdowns. Mike, uh, it, it looks like Michael Thomas is going to be back. Um, and Emmanuel Sanders had a nice game too, 6-4-93 there. In terms of the Lions, they had a nice opportunity, unfortunately, another game. They had a lead in a left clip away. Stafford, 17 of 31, 206, three touchdowns, one interception. DeAndre Swift did get some more usage. Four for 22 on the ground, four for 30 in the air, and a touchdown there. Adrian Peterson, 11 for 36 and a touchdown. And uh, good to see Kenny Galladay back and helping. I know I have him on my team, one of my teams, and really need him. I I, I don't know that I could survive uh, without him at this point. But uh, Lions are just an epic disappointment each and every week for the most part. And in terms of the Saints, they, they got off to a slow start and then did what every team does to the Lions and just ripped them apart in the second half. And, uh, and Matt Patricia, after the game, said something like, we have a lot of work. We came in with nothing, have a lot of work to do. I mean, it's been years already here. So, unfortunately for him, I don't think anything happens to anyone during the season. But, unfortunately for him, the way that this is trending is certainly not good. 
No, it's not. And I think he's got some players to work with, actually. So I think that argument doesn't hold water anymore. It's the idea of being up 14 nothing on a team and not being able to finish things. And this is what they do. And they did it again this week. They got a 14 nothing lead in this game. And then at some point in this game, they gave up five straight drives to the Saints for touchdowns. Five! Five times! And Patricia was brought in there because he was a defensive mind. So how the hell do you let that get away? You can't. I mean, that's got to hang on Patricia. It's got to hang on the defensive coordinator. It has to hang on the defensive personnel, all of the above. Uh, Kamara had a great game. We knew that was going to happen. Latavius Murray was one of our starts this week and our start sit. So that worked out if you played him. So really good job there for Latavius Murray to get out with the two touchdowns. Fantastic day for him. Traquan's been better than I ever imagined. Uh, I will take the L on that one. I had real skepticism if he could deliver, and he has, which is great news because when Michael Thomas comes back and gets all that attention, Drew Brees should remind himself that, oh, yeah, Traquan Smith might be open, and maybe that's something that will continue to be good for fantasy owners even when Michael Thomas comes back. He's not going to get the same workload, but at least the confidence in the rapport is building there. Great to see Kenny Galladay healthy two weeks in a row, catching touchdowns. That's what Kenny Galladay does best. Love me some Kenny Galladay. And uh, look, uh, also, DeAndre Swift starting to show you a little bit. I'm telling you, I think that window is going to be closing shortly here. When you have guys like Peterson, you have older running backs ahead of younger ones. As the season drags on, it's something to take a look at. It's not something I like to spend draft capital on, but I'm willing to spend trade capital on because you want to make sure in drafts you solidify those guys that you like a lot. Right, the guys that are proven. And then you take shots later on. And sometimes those rookies cost too much in drafts. But on the trade market, just like last year, Devin Singletary, just like last year, Miles Sanders, those guys from week eight on were league winners. And Swift could be in that category as the season goes on. And by the way, real quick, I did look for you the next two matchups for the Browns. I don't know how you feel about these, Craig. The Colts and the Steelers the next two weeks there. So then they get the Bengals after that, after a bye. So there you, there you have it. Actually, no, I'm sorry. No buy. It's straight in a row. Colts, Steelers, Bengals. How do you feel about your boy Johnson now? I I would still pick him up and unload. Yep, I, okay. I still would. I just I don't I don't see a better player on the waiver wire than uh, than him uh, moving forward. And we're halfway through the season, so I would take a shot. Maybe Josh Absolutely. Kelly. That's the only thing. Kelly might be that other guy. He might not in your more casual leagues. He might be. So I think Kelly is owned, Kelly's owned in all the leagues I'm playing in, and I think that well, he's owned all the leagues we're playing in. Yes, <laughs> but not all. I mean, you know, those ten teamers, uh, those casual leagues. Most, he might mostly, I think there. most leagues Kelly is owned. Everyone knows what's going on now in fantasy, but this guy Johnson is unowned. In every fantasy, oh, definitely zero. Um, so I, I cannot imagine that in any format that the guy should be at the very least fifty percent owned at the end of the week. But uh, certainly, we'll see. I'll take my shot. All right, uh, we got to take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up next, Colts and Bears. Sort of a yuck game, but we only have a two-minute segment to discuss it, so we can do that. We'll do it next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We've got two Monday Night Football games coming up, and we'll discuss them at the top of the hour. You're watching Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia with you here. On this Monday, where we recap all of the fantasy football performances from Sunday and Sunday night as well. And we'll have two games to recap tomorrow, as well as a full slate of Major League Baseball postseason games. Let's go to Chicago and check out what happened in the Colts-Bears game, which was unfortunately not very much. 
indeed, the Colts' defense does look legitimate. This is the one team that does look like they, on a week-to-week basis, are maybe the only startable defense in fantasy. Phillip Rivers didn't do anything, but didn't need to. 16 for 29, 190 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Jonathan Taylor rushed 17 times for 68 yards. He was fine. Uh, Mo Alley Cox, a tight end, gave you seven fantasy points. So certainly in a, in a fantasy league these days, that's not going to cut it. But at least he did have a touchdown. It wasn't a zero there. And as we move on to the Chicago Bears side of things, uh, well, not much again. Nick Foles, 49, one touchdown, one interception. Allen Robinson had a nice game, seven receptions for 101 yards. And then David Montgomery, who just it just doesn't – I don't know. It's, it's just really hard to – say that Montgomery is is a player that they shouldn't have traded up for and is a bust. And I know that the Indianapolis' D is good. I thought Montgomery looked good a couple weeks ago. So I suppose I'll just chalk it up to a good D. 10 carries, 27 yards, three receptions, 30 yards. But look, the game was more or less a dud for fantasy, Joe. Mm -hmm. The Colts are going to win this season based on defense. And that's that's not something I thought going into the season. I thought that the team would be good enough offensively with their good defense, but their team is not good offensively. But they are great defensively, so uh, certainly eight nine wins. I, I would think is definitely in play for them if they keep this up. No, it is. It is a team that has to win on defense because the offense is not going to do it by themselves. It's not that kind of offense. But this was an important win for them. A win on the road, non conference win on the road. Those are typically tough games. So this is a huge win here for the Colts as the season goes on. And Allen Robinson, another guy who deserves a trophy for playing so well his whole career with some of the worst quarterback play you could possibly fathom. We got to take a break here on Fantasy Sports today. Sorry for the short segment, but that's the way it's set. We got to take a timeout, pay some bills, and then we're going to come back with our headlines on this edition of Fantasy Sports today. We got a whole hour to go, so stay on the grid. We're back right after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360. 